Welcome to Rhema for Today. Jesus really gives us the power of attorney. That means that what Jesus can do, we can do. That means that Jesus' name gives us the right to go into the presence of the Father God and see our prayers answered. Jesus backs our prayer. He makes it good. Welcome to Rhema for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan wraps up his teaching on the prayer series, Volume 6. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Now, if you are born again, if we are born again, we do abide in Him. His Word abides in us in the measure that it governs our lives, in the measure that we act upon it. He said, if you abide in me, if you just said that, and that alone, we'd have it made. But he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. So, if we're born again, we do abide in him. His word abides in us in the measure that it governs our lives, in the measure that we act upon it. Notice here in John's gospel, in all the reference to prayer, that faith is never mentioned. The problem of faith does not enter prayer here. Did you notice that? Now, why do you suppose that's so? Well, it's supposed that those who abide in him have faith, because we are believers, we're not doubters. And if his words abide, his words abide in us, we're bound to have faith, because the Bible said, and so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It'd be impossible for his word to abide in us and us not have faith. That's an impossibility. You see, unbelief or doubt is a result of ignorance of the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Unbelief or doubt is a result of ignorance of the Word of God. Well, it's so. It's so. Now, it took faith to get into the family of God. But thank God we're in the family of God now, so it's not a problem of faith. It's a problem of the Word abiding in us. If we're living the Word, then when we come to pray, that Word dwells in us so richly that it will become His Word on our lips. It will be as the Father's words were on the lips of the Master, Jesus. Now in this 15th chapter of John's Gospel, and the 16th verse, we were looking at verse 7 and 8. Now we'll read verse 16. We're going to talk about how to pray. You have not chosen me, or another translation said, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed or ordained you, that ye should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now notice again that prayer here is addressed to the Father in Jesus' name. Whatsoever you shall ask to the Father in my name. This is divine order. And this statement, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you, has enwrapped within it the ability to bring God into our circumstances, into our finances, into our business into our family, or whatever, into our homes, or into our nation, 
or whatever it is that we're praying about. For he said, whatsoever he shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. Now, we're not praying to Jesus. We're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's the way Jesus said to do it. Jesus really gives us the power of attorney. That means that what Jesus can do, we can do. That means that Jesus' name gives us the right to go into the presence of the Father God and see our prayers answered. Jesus backs our prayer. He makes it good. Now look in the 16th chapter of John, the 23rd and 24th verses. John chapter 16, verse 23, 24. In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if ye shall ask anything of the Father, he will give it you in my name. Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be made full. Now notice again, according to this scripture, we are to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Now you can fellowship with the Master and can talk things over with it. But when it comes to prayer based on legal grounds, it is to be addressed to the Father in the name of Jesus. And thank God nothing is impossible here. We will not ask anything of the Father that is out of his will if we are walking with him. Notice again here in John, the 16th chapter, that the word faith does not occur in connection with prayer. Now, why doesn't it? We had faith to come into the family. Now we're in the family of God, and everything that Jesus did and has belongs to us. It's not a matter of faith. It's a matter of knowing what's yours. We're acting the part of a child of God. Now then, let's talk about the will of God in prayer. Notice the first epistle of John. John chapter, first epistle of John. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and verse 15. And this is the confidence which we have in him. Or another translation reads, this is the boldness which we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition which we have asked of him. Now the believer walking in fellowship with the word will never ask for anything outside of the Father's will or outside of the word. We need not worry about that. And if he's not walking in fellowship with the Father and with the word, he's not going to get anything anyway, so don't bother about that. Are you hearing Amen, that's true. Now then, we know that saving the lost is his will, for this end he died. You see, friends, we can find out God's will here, for this is his covenant, his will, his testament. Amen. It is his will for us to have what he has provided, what he has purchased, what he has bought. Now, we know that saving the lost is his will. You don't pray, God, save my mother, she's lost. If it's your will, save her. Don't let her go to hell. If it's not your, your will, well, let her go on. No. No. Now why? Well, John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. 
So we know that saving the lost is his will. We know the Bible said God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come repentance. Saving the lost is his will. All right, when you pray uh, for someone lost then, that's his, you prayed according to his will. And this text said, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Did you hear him? He heareth us. Is that right? Then if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know it because his word said so. We know we have the petitions that we ask of him. I, I don't know about you. But I mean, even when it comes to the salvation of the lost, for instance, my own family. And don't you misunderstand me. I believe in doing personal work, and I have with others, but I never did any personal work in my own family. It's most difficult among your own because your own family are, uh, well, they don't want a lot of time to listen to you because, you know, it may, <laughs> it may, uh, for you to tell them something or try to help them, like they, they may think, you know, that they'd have to be sort of surrendering to you or that you think that they, you know more than they do or something. And so I never even, as far as I know, never even invited one of my family to go to church in my lifetime. I got saved on the bed of affliction. And I never mentioned that. I never mentioned that. And I, uh, but I just simply knew in my spirit, I believe these scriptures are so. I acted upon them. I believe they're so. And every single one of my family, when I say my family, I'm not talking about my children, because I knew they'd be saved the moment they were born. They prayed one prayer in my life, they'd be saved because I got authority in my household. And of course, my children were saved early age and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I never said one word to them about being saved, one word to them about being filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, we know that saving the lost is his will. It's to that end that Jesus died. Instead of having confidence, people are wondering whether it'll work or not. They're wondering, well, I don't know. They're turning in prayer requests that it'll be so. And all the time the Bible said, this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the boldness we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, that's his will, isn't it? I said, that's his will. Saving the lost is his will, isn't it? Then he heareth us, then doesn't he? And if we know that he heareth us, then we know, we know that we have the petition we ask of him. See, it isn't a matter if I've got enough faith, God will save this loved one. That doesn't enter into it. It's a matter of his will. It's a matter of knowing the word again. Now, healing the sick. We know that healing the sick is his will. I said we know that healing the sick is his will. For Christ bore our infirmities and carried our pains. The Bible said in 1 Peter 2.24, Who is own self by our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead to sins to live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. The Bible said himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Well, we know that he hears us then. With what confidence we can come. Now, why do people pray? Somebody told me a while back, somebody wanted prayer, a fellow minister somebody, he got other ministers to come, I mean full gospel folks to pray. A number of them, every single one of them prayed, if it's your will, healed. See, there wasn't a preacher there that knew the Bible. Wasn't a full gospel minister there that was well versed in the scripture. If it's your will, healed this man. Well, certainly the man died because they all filled him full of unbelief. And none of them knew what his will was. It is his will. I said it is his will. It is his will. 
Oh, praise God. It is his will. It is God's will that we have what Jesus bought for us, isn't it? I said, isn't it? Amen. Well, we know that praying for finances to meet obligations is his will. How do we know it? Well, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need. Another translation said, Every need of yours. And here he was talking about finances in this fourth chapter of Philippians. According to his riches and glory. Practically everything is covered in these points. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find out more from our online bookstore with great materials from Kenneth E. Hagan and Pastor Hagan and the rest of the Hagan family. I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first is Kenneth E. Hagan's book entitled Understanding How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith, a Rama classic. Next is Kenneth Hagan's DVD entitled The Anointing Breaks the Chains. And finally, Kenneth E. Hagan's slimline book Right and Wrong Thinking. All three resources are for the special price of $23.90. That's $7.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema. Org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. You can go to rhema.org and find out anything. Now, you can go and order this special that we have, but you can go to our bookstore there yes. and find all, ki- all, all of our of products, everything right. we've got. That's right. Monday, Kenneth Hagen will start a powerful series. That's next week on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. 